Hi. Hello. This is Double Bluff. The comedy podcast where we teach a lot and lie a little. I'm Renee. And I'm Carissa. And each week, one of us is going to teach the other person about a thing. And one of the things that we say is going to be a complete lie. Giant lie. And it's the other person's job to figure it out. Mm -hmm. Maybe your job if you want to participate. Yeah, this is Dora the Explorer. Yes, that's exactly what it is. Explorer. <laughs> the rural juror explorer. As a foreigner, the hardest words to say in a North American accent are mirror, rural, juror. Mm-hmm. And Dora the Explorer. <laughs> <laughs> Lying whilst teaching is the most fun thing. Now I know what it's like to be my history teacher teaching me about Winston Churchill. This is the same thing. Because my history teacher was like, Winston Churchill was uh, very instrumental in winning World War II for Britain. True. <laughs> okay. He also said Winston Churchill was not a racist and mm. was a good person. 100% life. Fuck Winston Churchill. I hope he burns in hell. <laughs> Sorry, on a lighter note. <laughs> come on, vamanos. Well, I'm glad to announce um, that since last week, I no longer hate men. I recovered from that episode it's I look at my husband Peter and I love him again it's like the end of the pina colada song where everything's okay you know <laughs> I I'm sorry that I said that the moon doesn't like them I felt that was a little it's a little strong no it's true and also I'm so disappointed in you <laughs> I know I rethought some things. Hmm. I watched Gone Girl last night and I just said, maybe, maybe, maybe I'm going to go a little far with this. Because I started thinking like, I, I should be writing this down. And then I was like, it's time to rethink. That's not the lesson you're supposed to get from Gone Girl. You're not supposed to rethink your hatred. You should be cemented. And also the moon hates you too. <laughs> Because I've, cro I've cross-eyed. Yeah, I just want to say, like, I was feeling really guilty about mm. that rant that I had last week. Mostly because you said our male listenership may be alienated mm -hmm. by the fact that I called them pathetic. But I'd just like to point out that I was going back and editing old episodes. And in episode four, you compared being attracted to men to having a poop fetish. Um, so we're both sinking this boat, okay? I'm, I'm drilling holes in the bottom and you are tossing buckets of water. <laughs> on both of us. Also, we have zero male listeners. Absolutely. I'd like to give a little shout out to our, our six unique listeners. Six. Two of those are us. So four unique listeners. Mm -hmm. We have eight followers. Just looking at that, those numbers are not adding up. So mm -hmm. we believe that most of those are bots. All. At least 100% of them are bots. Yeah. Um, but if you're real, you know, we love you. Send us nudes. Nudes with you holding today's newspaper so that we know you're not a Russian bot. But if you are a Russian bot, honestly, I love you too. Like, if you're a Russian bot, say hi to Putin for me and tell him I'm coming for him. <laughs> um, how was your week? It was terrible, mm. atrocious, horrendous, awful because of mainly one reason mm -hmm. my uterus. The saga, the continuing saga. The moon goddess has decided to take revenge on me for being friends with a traitor. <laughs> and not only was I five days late for my period, and like, I'm never late to my period, but for a whole day, I was convinced that I had been impregnated in my sleep. It's funny now, but I was crying that day because... I was convinced that I was either going to have to come to terms with the fact that a man had snuck into my house and impregnated me in my sleep, or the angel Gabriel did it again. <laughs> and I was not ready for either of those outcomes. 
Oh, you should have thought about that before you're a virgin at 22. He was like, that's the one. <laughs> then I got my period and I proceeded to cry for two days because I was in so much pain. That's when I realized that if any man ever complains to me ever again, I'm going to cut his balls off. That's valid. Yeah. I heard um, at work someone compared, and this isn't new, but very unironically compared being kicked in the balls to childbirth. Like when you give birth, doesn't your vagina rip to your asshole? That is a rare case. Sometimes they even have to cut it to your asshole depending on how fat the, the baby is. Yeah, just the health complications that can happen. But yeah, you can, uh, I don't remember what that's called, but it, it's, uh, you just open out in the bottom like a Christmas cracker. That's the most disgusting description. <laughs> Why would you say? I regret saying it. All, your mother gave birth to you. Very easily, I heard. Um, I was number four. She said, you came out like a hockey puck. <laughs> Which is, she's Filipino. I don't know why she got that obnoxious white attitude from to, to say that, but... Filipinos as a ethnicity, I think they're the closest thing to white. How so? Hear me out. Spanish. Yeah. Uh, American English. Yeah. And a lot of them get married to white men. Like, I can't say you're wrong. Well, my mom and my aunt are married to white people. They're just... Which is just a shame. I would have loved to be full Filipino. No, you wouldn't have. You'd still be in the Philippines. No, I mean, I would have been here, but I just would have lived in, like, Mississauga. You would have been Roman Catholic. But I would have had a successful nursing career, <laughs> is the thing. I would have had it all made... I would have had it all figured out. I haven't gone out to the patios at all. What What are they like? Is it's... it nice to be in a place again? It's nice to be ripped off. I now know what it feels like to be a white man who goes to a sex worker in Thailand. Just overcharged. <laughs> <laughs> that was a long walk for short, short, horrible drink of water. The no, kind of really water funny. that gives you cholera. I made the trek. I did it. And then I'm going to die very soon. <laughs> So what you're trying to say is you paid $5 for a beer. Oh my god, do you want to know how much my, like, like end of night... Yeah. $82. That sounds like a you problem. <laughs> I don't think I have ever racked up an $82 bill at a bar before. Yeah, and I wasn't even buying for anyone else. That was all you? That was all Did me. you have, like, 12 potato wedge <laughs> sides? Like, how did you get $82? This is drinks. I kept having cocktails. Are you for real? This is what I mean, though, that, like, life is pain. I stand by that. Come on, Vom. <laughs> I've also been depressed for other reasons, actually. Okay. I don't know if you can hear the pain in my voice, but I was in my room and I was just playing around and I missed being a kid. Like, I really, I don't usually miss being a kid because to me, being a child means having no power. Mm. And I spent most of my childhood angry that I just couldn't be an autonomous person, mm -hmm. which I think is so strange. But like I spent most of my childhood angry and I would never go back to it. But I really missed it because I missed playing pretend. Right. When you're a kid and you're holding a stick in your hand, that's a wand. Aww. And when you're an adult, it's also a wand, but in a weird, creepy way. <laughs> and I'm so tired. If, you, if you're an adult and you want to play pretend, you basically, you're either like one of those D&D &D people. Mm. I'm sorry, but I was actually popular in high school, so no. Renee plays d and I'm sorry. I play D&D &D on the occasion. When I was in high school, we were too broke to afford D&D, &D, so we just sit in the basement and we would play what we imagined D&D &D would be like, but uh, without any materials. So we would go, okay, here we are. We're in this room. Zombie apocalypse breaks out right now. What do you do? And it would be like LARPing 
but sitting on the couch and eating dry Tostitos and not moving. So just a worse LARPing and my boyfriend was just begging me to leave so we could so we could have the worst teenage sex of all time. So imagine you love Shakespeare and you're like I'm gonna go watch Shakespeare. I'm gonna go to the Globe. I'm gonna watch Shakespeare and then you realize you have no money so your sister calls and she's like hey can you babysit your niece? I, I have to go to the hospital or something. So then you go and babysit your niece instead of going to the globe and then your niece decides to paint her face shit on the floor and say one line from Romeo and Juliet that's your D&D experience compared to the real D&D truly such a long walk (laughs) for a short shitty drink of water I'm trying. Thank you for taking me on that adventure. I'm trying. You, and and no, you're doing a good job. I think I have to tear you down Mm -hmm. because that's part of my, um... Defense mechanism. My defense mechanism. Because you weren't popular in high school. No. (laughs) I'm kidding. I was. was (laughs) What was your, like, favorite... Play pretend fantasy. You are going to laugh so hard right now. Mm. So I used to force all my Sunday school friends to reenact the Ten Commandments. (laughs) Yes! I knew it! (laughs) So we would reenact the Ten Commandments, and I was always Nefertiri. And I'm most ashamed of myself for that. Like, why wasn't I aiming higher? Why did I not want to be Moses? Why did I settle for the stupid Egyptian princess, who is very hot, but is basically a side hoe? I am very disappointed in myself. But yeah, I used to, we would do like elaborate plays. And there's this one scene where she throws like flowers off onto Oh, that's amazing source material for a child. Yeah, I used to cut up leaves and throw the leaves out the window. Children love one of my things is, you know in Beauty and the Beast where there's a woman who waves a cloth at the window to say goodbye (laughs) to the soldiers? I would just lean all the way out my window and wave a dish towel out. See, see, this this is women. This is how women imagine themselves even in their own fantasy. I'm waving goodbye to the soldiers who are going on an adventure. That's actually... Just doing an expression of femininity. That's so pathetic. (laughs) You're not allowed to be mean to men anymore. (laughs) I'm the problem. I'm the problem. I'm I'm toxic femininity is what I am. I'm coming off my hot victory from last week where I guessed your lie. I gave you a really good clue. You gave me... A really bad lie is what you gave me. <laughs> it's a victory won both by my incompetence and your prowess. Yeah. You know what, though? I don't think it's your incompetence. I think it was your your arrogance because you got so good for the first four episodes. Like, you know you know what you're like is like that point in like the, like the iconic musician's biopic where after he gets really famous, like he just like stops showing up to rehearsals on time and he starts like drinking on stage and like pissing on fans out of the window like that's that's you right now that's both of us (laughs) considering we almost always start our recordings no less than four to five hours late yeah Mm. we're both freddie mercury just rolling in high as fuck five hours after the original time and and then we're also the other four bandmates who were like, where were you, mate? <laughs> like, <laughs> I'm Elton John. And I agree. It's like, we're both coming in late. We're both so sluggish. Like, we've just done yeah. lines and lines of coke the night before. <laughs> and now we're ready to jump off a cliff. Yeah. And we're both like, where 
Where were you? <laughs> to ourselves. Like, where were we? Where were we? Why do, why do we always start this podcast three hours later than it was supposed to be? It's because we have Asian in us. Southeast Asian people and South Asian people never go and never start anything on time. IST, Indian Standard Time, it means you start everything two and a half hours I feel later. Like every culture likes to think that they have their own late standard time. Can we all just accept that human beings are just not terribly responsible people. <laughs> but I know that some cultures pride themselves on being on time. Like Germans. Uh, I guess, honestly, self-producing is hard. Let's give each other a break. You know, Do you want to know how we're recording right now? Um, we've sort of fashioned like a Lord of the Flies style. Like we put my phone on a spit. I like to think of it as a staff. It's a, it's a broom handle with a scrunchie. Holding my phone and we are accepting donations via PayPal. Uh, we will take uh, envelopes of cash. Please send me envelopes of cash. Yeah. The Canadian government's going to start to think that I'm a drug dealer. Why? If people send me envelopes of cash. <laughs> and are you going to mark it on your tax form as income? No. Like <laughs> D4. Envelope slipped under my door, unmarked. <laughs> I'm not gonna mark it because that I take it as reparations. For what? Nothing. I just <laughs> We've want... done nothing to you. <laughs> nothing. The Canadians have done nothing to me, but I want money anyway. Yeah, here's if I had money, here's what I would do with it. I would hire for this podcast a, uh, a web developer who is diligently... So me and my husband, Peter, have been doing the web stuff by ourselves. And Tuesday night, I thought I had uploaded our second episode. But upon further inspection, it was just 27 seconds of royalty-free music. For 24 hours, the second episode of our podcast was 27 seconds of royalty-free music. <laughs> Can I just say that that explains our eight subscribers now? <laughs> They were like, you know what? The first episode was kind of rough, but they really got it together in the second episode. Mm -hmm. It's toit. It was tight. It was the tightest episode I've ever seen. Great theme song. But this episode will be better. It will, because Renee's explaining this time. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if it's going to be that good. Uh, what it will be is disgusting and three hours long, maybe, because I have a lot of things to go through. Oh, my God. It's a Tarantino movie. <laughs> Funny you should say that, Carissa, because uh, based on the title of this episode, you might know, and you all might know, that today I'm talking about feet. So I would like to start this episode by asking you, how do you feel about feet? Nice to walk on. Yeah, the, clearly the most effective way to walk, in my opinion. Yeah, I can't do a handstand, so. Yeah. The reason I ask is because I find that most people have pretty strong emotions about feet, either one way or the other, right? Mm. Like, most people I meet have an extreme foot aversion. Like, foot feet are disgusting. I do agree, because I remember when I was in high school and I took off my shoes, everyone used to yell at me and tell me to put them back on. <laughs> but do you have gross feet? Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, but I also have one of my best friends, to this day, she won't take her socks off. She can't even look at her own feet. I'm gonna guess that maybe she's suffering from an extreme foot aversion which has been termed podophobia. So it means experiencing severe fear or disgust towards feet. Oh, yeah. And it's a real phobia. Like people mm -hmm. go and get therapy like CBT to deal with this kind of fear because it means that you can't go to a beach and enjoy yourself. It means that you can't go to my Asian grandma's house 
without <laughs> extreme emotional turmoil. Also, they should really come up with a different acronym for cognitive behavioral therapy. Because cock and ball torture? Yeah. All I've been thinking of for the past 20 seconds. <laughs> In theory, I, I'm sure if you did a little bit of cock and ball torture, you wouldn't be such a baby about feet, yeah, right? True. You'd probably grow up a little bit. According to this website called uglyfeet.com, <laughs> P. Diddy has potophobia. So he especially does not like it when the second toe is longer than the big toe. Whoa, P. Diddy. He, in fact, won't date a woman until he sees her feet. That's how he vets his dates. He has to look at their toes and make sure they don't look like my fucked up feet where the second toe is longer. What about, what's your foot situation? Oh, okay. P. Diddy would fuck you. Oh. He, you what have... A, what, a, what an honor. Puff Daddy. He likes stem toes. I just want to admit, I spent a really long time on this website, Ugly Feet, okay? <laughs> this website is dedicated to people who are searching for solutions to their ugly feet, which is more addicting of a website than you would actually think. I, I spent a really long time on there. So are they trying to mold people to meet P. Diddy's standard? No. The whole point of this website... And okay, listen, at first I was planning to ridicule it, um, but after exploring it for near 45 minutes, I realized it's like for people who have body dysmorphia disorder, but about their feet, which apparently is a thing. A lot of people are so embarrassed of their feet. As someone with ugly feet, but who doesn't mind looking like a living gargoyle, I feel like some solidarity, but mm. I would never put makeup on my feet. Wow. Some people do foot surgery some people do foot makeup there's a big market there in foot shaming i feel like if you are going to be ashamed of your feet you should be ashamed of yourself this is a real thing no people suffer from foot shaming nobody shames your feet we have feet privilege though because i think our feet are society's you what know ideal have? of a foot but like what do these people have claws you can have uh, twisted fucked up toes, you can have mm. corns, you can have bunions. This episode will be so disgusting. Oh Every single section of it you will hate. I'm gonna pretend that all of these things that you're saying are just different foods. <laughs> it sounds like like southern food, like yeah. mm, corns and bunions. <laughs> Delicious breakfast food. Uh, Thanksgiving fry up of corns and bunions. <laughs> now I know I said I wouldn't ri ridicule it, um, but I'd like to circle back around and, and ridicule it right, right away. Um, because mm -hmm. I found through this website a blog post entitled Oprah Winfrey's Feet. And the byline is, mm. we love Oprah Winfrey's feet. Mm. Thank you, Oprah. And the <laughs> Okay. There are people out there getting cars from Oprah, and they're barely saying thank you, and this dude... Well, yeah, and you assume it's a dude, don't you? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I would say it was written with, like, the sensitivity of, like, a female. No woman thanks another woman for her feet, unless well, she's in a porno. That just doesn't happen in real life. Well, so the point, the reason behind mm -hmm. that is because Oprah Winfrey has been really, really ridiculed online for her feet. <laughs> I mean, I'm going to be honest. I, I didn't have the commitment to actually look up her feet. This is a lie because you are way too curious of a person not to have looked Listen, up Oprah Winfrey's feet. I am thinking about my targeted advertisement algorithm. I am not looking forward to the kind of ads I'm going to get after having visited the site, okay? And that's how I came to know that there's like this huge movement against people who don't, who not like to foot shame anymore. Podism? 
is a big problem in this country. No, I made that part up. <laughs> also, potism sounds like something like evil against orcas. It doesn't even sound like good shaming. <laughs> Anti-orca racism. Now that we've both agreed that we don't have particularly strong feelings about feet, let's 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 create some foot positivity here. I want to tell you some interesting facts about feet. So fact number one is that foot bones make up about a quarter of all the bones in your body. Both of your feet combined. So there are 26 bones in each foot. If your lie is something like, aha, no, it's 22 bones. I'm going to be so pissed. I would never do that to you. Unless you would <laughs> to win. <laughs> oh, there are also eight thousand nerve endings in your foot which is why it's so sensitive to being tickled when you said tickled my feet just like kind of like you know how like your balls shrink into your body <laughs> i hate when my balls do that yeah that's what my feet just did how sensitive are your feet uh not very sensitive at all uh i've been working in the restaurant and warehouse like business for like five or six years which means that my feet are just pure like cement <laughs> like they've been so abused and beat up like they feel nothing i'm gonna get collapsed arches from wearing shoes made out of rubber for the past three years for sure <laughs> oh that's good for your husband then that he doesn't have a foot fetish yeah uh well i never i never disclose that information to you so you actually don't know that <laughs> i don't want to know that let's move on <laughs> Oh, we're going to be making some boundaries today. Just anytime it's just too much, it's too sensitive, too gross, just give me like a safety word. Mm. Every time I say no, I want us to stop and talk about boobs for five seconds <laughs> and I should be okay. You're the, you're the straightest man of this room right Here's now. Here's the thing. Yesterday, I was talking to my friend Roja and she was making fun of me because she's seeing this guy who's a simp and she looked at me and she said, you're like him. And I said, fuck no, I'm not a simp. I'm a Chad. I'm a giant Chad, and I'm proud of it. Yeah, so five seconds of boob talk, and I'm good to go. Go on. Okay, you just hold some boob facts in your mind and get ready to, like, just break that tension anytime. Small boobs are good. Big boobs are good. Those are the only facts I know. <laughs> okay. Would you, do you want to say, like, a chant every time we get too uncomfortable? <laughs> yeah. Just, like... <laughs> yeah. It's gonna be... You know how, like, Catholics do the rosary beads? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Small boobs are good. Big boobs, big boobs are, are good. good. I want to throw that, like, incense thing at you. I just want to just swing it in your face. Yeah. Oh, we should start a church. Go on. So, the big toe of our feet used to be opposable, like the thumb of your hand. So that helped us survive as tree-dwelling creatures. Chimps have... Absolutely. They are one of our closest living relatives, and that's how our feet used to be, too. Just like a big opposable thumb that can mm. grab onto things like food and trees. Foot sizes and widths in the US and the UK are increasing on average mm. because we're getting taller and fatter on average. <laughs> so our feet literally need to expand like as an evolutionary response to how much we eat. What? Yeah, to keep us balanced. Like to distribute the weight better over our feet. So we're literally changing like just in these small ways, I guess, since the industrial revolution, since food became a commodity. Mm. I mean, I would believe you, Renee, but I think you're lying because everyone knows evolution isn't real and God just... made man from dust. Is that the theory? It's from the Bible. Oh, sorry. Why am I calling that a theory? That's not the same thing. No, it's not a theory. It's the truth. <laughs> You're really not going to like anything I have to say today. <laughs> I would love a, a, a Bible interpretation of feet. I was going to talk a little bit about like the uh, washing 
Jesus' mm. feet with your hair. Um, mm. But I decided not to. I think we've been a bit hard on religion in the past rest of our lives, in the past whole lives. I've been pretty nice to Jesus, I think. Only because my mom might be listening. <laughs> okay, these are just quick facts. I'm just firing mm -hmm. these off. Uh, foot size and penis size are not correlated. Oh, so that little, like, excitement that we had about Bigfoot. That's for no reason? <laughs> yep. So yep. people are out there writing erotic about that bitch for no... And he's just a small dick simp like the rest of us. <laughs> the rest of you. I'm a Chad. <laughs> Chad. You're a big dick Chad. Okay, last sort of fast fact. I will talk loads more about high heels later, mm. uh, about women in high heels. But for now, I want to say that there are a lot of social and evolutionary reasons why we think high heels are considered erotic. Dr. Helen Fisher is a biological anthro... Anthropologist? Mm-hmm. Anthro... Dora the Explorer. Um, she's at Rutgers University, and she says that one of the reasons we might find high heels attractive is because they force women into a natural courting pose found amongst mammals. So when you wear heels, you get an arched back and protruding buttocks. You know what? I didn't need her to tell me that, and she's the man. <laughs> Amanda Bynes. Yes. She, what does she say about that? She's like, mom, I'm not going to wear high heels. Everyone knows they were invented by men to make our asses look nice. Make it harder for us to run away. Yeah. That's an amazing movie. Yeah. We need to do a live stream of us watching that movie. Just Amanda Bynes. And then we should do uh, the other movie that she was in. No. I'm talking about the Colin Firth one where he's her dad. What a girl wants. Yeah. Can we have an Amanda Bynes marathon? Yes, but I feel very sad watching her movies knowing where she is now. It's like watching porn when you know the actress is dead. You know what, ma'am? Not everything's like watching porn. A lot of it. For someone who hates of... porn, you really make that comparison a lot. What can I tell you? I'm a Chad. <laughs> Keep that going forever. So some facts about shoes. Um, so shoes have been around for at least 40,000 years. So do you know about Utsi? No. Utsi uh, was a preserved Stone Age man who was discovered on a mountainside in 1991 by some hikers. I believe like in Scandinavia, right? So, so just based on the temperature and the moisture and the way that he died, he was almost ideally preserved, like almost mummified. Mm -hmm. And so they actually found out so much information about how we used to live mm -hmm. back then, including diet because he still had food in his stomach. Mm. They found out what he was wearing. And one of the things that he was wearing was shoes made from deer skin and bear skin and stuffed with hay. I know that's not a lie because mm -hmm. I can now recall reading an article. Right. About... It was it was a super big deal. And he had blue eyes. So, really? So they used him to kind of formulate when did the mutation first appear. For blue eyes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Otzi really helped us like understand who we are as humans. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that we are is we love shoes. We've discovered pretty early we're not going to make it very far without shoes. Yeah, I think most cultures wear shoes, right? Especially if you're in a colder climate. I yeah. I think you need one. But when I think of shoes and the need to wear them, I'm reminded of this story. So this is right before India got its independence from mm -hmm. the British. What they did was they saw that the Indian custom was to either like walk barefoot or like at least to leave your shoes outside the house. You don't wear yeah, them inside. Absolutely. So what the British did was, and this was ostensibly to respect Indian cultural practice, mm -hmm. but ostensibly is a keyword here. Mm -hmm. What they said was, if you're an Indian and you come into like a courthouse, for example, mm -hmm. 
you can't wear your shoes indoors. What a weird way to show respect is yeah. uh, authoritarian decisions. Almost like it wasn't meant to do it at all. <laughs> Almost like it was meant to reduce the status of people coming in to public spaces. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, I think, um, and I mean, wearing shoes versus not wearing shoes, and also in terms of, like, being in the house. There's, mm -hmm. like, so much, um, first of all, like, the cultural differences. For example, in the U.S., they wear their shoes in the house. Mm -hmm. And I, I could find no, like, historical or anthropological reason why they are largely the only place in the whole world mm -hmm. that does that like I, I was even reading in the uk it's common to wear shoes in your house but it's pretty split mm -hmm. in canada most people take their shoes off in the house why is the u.s the only place that does that i actually recently saw a map like the shoe versus no shoe map please Have you seen it? enlighten me so maps like this should be taken with a grain of salt because they use averages Mm -hmm. So you will see, like, the U.S. as a whole includes Alaska, but I'm 100% sure that Alaskan people are not going to wear their snow slushy boots inside. I mean, some cultures have indoor-outdoor shoe yeah. policies. In uh, India, because a lot of families won't have vacuums, right? Mm -hmm. So it'll be dusty. So indoors, you will, you will wear chappals. They're flip-flops. Oh, Indoors. Cool. And then outdoors, you have your outdoor shoes. Yeah. Yeah, and I mean, Filipino people, for sure, indoor shoes and outdoor shoes. And, like, it's not just, like, flip-flops. Like, my grandma has Skechers sneakers, like, full lace-up Skechers sneakers <laughs> that she wears in the house. And they're just pure white. And then she has an identical pair of white Skechers sneakers that she wears outside of the house. Uh, I, I, I have to assume that's a Filipino thing. My mom also does it. I'm a barefoot kind of person. And yeah. also, it, it, it feels like a largely individual choice. The reason I bring up the U.S. is because because they sort of have a monopoly on the kind of media that we watch mm -hmm. and it's all shoes in the house shoes on the bed shoes on the bed psychopaths yeah who does that and as like an outsider so when i went back home to india this time i went to visit someone mm -hmm. and she was like oh you can keep your shoes on i know you must be used to it now that you live abroad mm. and i said no first of all i'm still indian second of all canadians take off their shoes wow but because we all watch american media and we all know that they wear their shoes on like even in buttfuck nowhere india we know okay north americans or at least americans wear their shoes inside i think though and and this is not something i researched this is just something that is sort of like a personal theory that i've pieced together but in terms of it being about the u.s mm -hmm. like one thing you'll notice have you ever seen old colonial paintings of first contact like of uh white settlers meeting indigenous people on the continent they're barefoot and the whites always, are wearing shoes. Always. They're barefoot and wearing a loincloth. And mm -hmm. and I don't remember who said this quote, but literally they used to describe in Indigenous people as running around barefoot naked. Like, it was a sort of, like, clothes civilization, shoes civilization. Mm -hmm. What we know is that that's actually not even true, that Indigenous people had shoes. Mm -hmm. They had moccasins and we stole them <laughs> immediately as soon as we could and we started selling them at Stitches. Mm -hmm. So... <laughs> Um, yeah, so, I mean, that, I think, is just another way to other people and to, to civilize ourselves and to mm -hmm. savageize other people, mm -hmm. as always. Another fun history fact. Before the year 1818, mm -hmm. there were no left and right shoes. What? The first distinct left and right shoes were invented in Philadelphia, when I assume problem solving was... <laughs> 
invented. <laughs> they finally figured out what left and right was, and they were like, hey, yeah, directions. Like, like, the entire time prior to that, someone would point out, like, hey, man, everybody's feet hurt really bad. And then the other person would be like, yeah, that's shoes. So this next section is called Fucked Up Things That We Do To Our Feet. And this part is where you're going to need your safety words. Uh, I'm going to try to make this quick and dirty, okay? I'm mm -hmm. just going to try to do this real fast, mm -hmm. okay? Let's not linger on any of the words mm -hmm. that I'm saying. Don't visualize it. In and out. Okay. I want to talk about foot binding. Uh, how much do you know about foot binding? It happened in China. It was fucked up. Yeah, absolutely. Um, what a lot of people don't know is that it lasted a lot longer than you'd probably think. No one really knows when the last foot binding procedure was done, mm -hmm. but it lasted as a practice until the 1930s. Whoa. Yeah. I mean, there was a point obviously closer to the, to the 1900s when it started to become looked down upon and persecuted a little bit more for obvious reasons, mm -hmm. but there are still people alive today with bound feet. So it began in Tang Dynasty, China, around in, in around 900 Common Era. 900 CE? 900, which means it lasted for a thousand years. It was believed to have begun uh, like inspired by dancers who appeared in the Tang Dynasty court. And they were, I think, Turkic dancers, and they had small feet and these like curvy shoes. Mm -hmm. Um, like almost like not like clogs, but like uh I know what you're those, talking like, about. Elvish. We have those even now. Just so people can visualize. So these shoes, they're worn by a lot of Middle Eastern and like South Asian people, especially for fancy occasions. The tip of it kind of curls back like a tongue. Yes, that's exactly what it was. They were associated with, you know, women who entertained for money, which is mm -hmm. not like the cleanest image. But mm -hmm. only a few decades after this association, it began to represent something totally different. Mm -hmm. It came to represent elegance and modesty. And so, of course, in typical human society fashion, it became an erotic thing. Because, of course, women have to be elegant and modest and sex objects at the same time. What I find really weird is that they would do it to young girls, right? So right. you are subjecting your child to what is essentially a grooming ritual to make her an appealing sex object. That's so horrendous to me. Every culture had their way of hurting women and grooming women to make them, uh, to help social climb because it was a class distinguisher. Mm -hmm. um, so one thing that was unique though about Chinese society is that your birthing position had a lot to do with your class, of course, but you could climb classes. Mm -hmm. You could marry into higher classes. And one of the ways that you can make yourself more appealing if you're a lower class girl is to get foot binded mm -hmm. because the, the, the bound foot was known as the Jinlan or the golden lotus foot. Like it was just this super beautiful, erotic, elegant. Mm. But only because they were hidden in these yeah. beautiful, like delicate silk shoes. If you actually saw a bound foot mm -hmm. naked, it's a horror show. No, yeah, it looks like a claw. Now, unfortunately, I am going to tell you how they do it. So you are right. They did it. They, they start when you're a young girl, mm -hmm. around five or six. And the process lasts until you are in your teens. The reason they start so young is because 
um, your bones don't fully develop, your bones and cartilage, mm-hmm. sorry, don't fully develop until you're a young adult. Children's bones are soft and bendy. Just hold on. Just hold on tight. We're going to get through this. Yeah. This when- is a sadder episode than I think we've ever done before. Yeah. Real women lived through this, but I will describe, I won't get into like mm-hmm. super details, but this is, this is how they do mm-hmm. it. So mm-hmm. you soak the feet in hot water mm. for, uh, I don't know, maybe a day or two. Then the big toe is left alone and the other four smaller toes are broken mm. and bent under the foot. Mm. In that position, they use cloth to bind the foot and that creates an arch shape. Then the feet in a few days would be unbound, treated for sores and ulcers, and then rebound. Mm. And you would just continue this process for years until the growth was stunted and the foot was permanently in that position. God, hearing it makes me want to think. I can't imagine being six years old and going through that kind of pain. Like, women were fucking warriors in, like, these older mm-hmm. things that we used to... Even corsets. Yeah. Like, in if, if you're an Actually, English person... I would like to clarify something about corsets. I think that corsets get a really bad rep. Tell me about that. For most of human society, the corsets were used to give support, especially because women have breasts. And when you're a working woman, like a corset was like the one thing that helped you work. And the tight lacing that came about, one happened in rare situations and also like only amongst the elite because a working woman has to breathe. Yeah, well, I mean, I guess that's what I mean when I talk about corsets because I'm talking about the fact that women are class distinction come from these painful rituals like foot binding like those corsets that make your your waist so tiny that a man could put his two hands around your whole waist you know that is a pain ritual and Mm -hmm. there's really no other ritual that elite men used to do that was that painful brush their teeth yeah trying to get peter to brush his teeth (laughs) <laughs> in today's society. So some of like the principles behind it. Um, so Neo-Confucianism. Mm-hmm. Please don't ask me to explain anything else about Confucianism. <laughs> um, but basically Neo-Confucianism had a focus on social harmony, mm-hmm. moral orthodoxy, and ritualized behavior. So like everything has a place, purpose, and function mm-hmm. in nature, in society, in like the your inner hierarchical order of That's things. That's so ironic that every Everything has its place in nature, except for a woman's natural foot. Yeah, well, I mean, they saw a woman committing to foot bind herself as a duty that you do to your family uh, to fit into society because it's the norm of the time. And I'm guessing that a lot of those women thought that they actually wanted it. It's a chance to escape poverty, maybe. It's a chance to marry higher. And maybe they start to see themselves as ugly if they have normal feet then it becomes man feet all i'm hearing from this is that today there's a more global equivalent which is body hair women always say oh i'm taking it off for my sake even though a lot of body hair removal methods are very painful Mm -hmm. and sometimes expensive and we all say oh we're doing it for ourselves but then when we look at our own natural bodies we're like oh i don't like it it's manly Mm. it's gross and i have a feeling that quite a few women women in China. In fact, I think the majority of them would have hated the pain, yeah. but would have not been able to withstand looking like a man. Beauty, uh, beauty is pain, uh, mm-hmm. is what we're told. And beauty is being a woman. And beauty uh, also is expensive. You should give your money to businesses that will make you more beautiful. <laughs> and being beautiful will make you happy. Exactly. That was a very sad chapter. 
So I'd like to move on to a different fucked up thing we do to feet. Foot fetishes. Uh, we had to. Let's go back to the breaking young girl's feet. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it, it, that's definitely going to be more pleasurable than the amount of times I'm going to say Quentin Tarantino in this section. <laughs> uh, so foot fetishes. I'd like to start this section with a little fun fact that I learned. Mm. The most expensive pair of shoes was sold for $660 thousand dollars do you know what shoes they were louboutins not close (laughs) the ruby slippers from wizard of oz sold for six hundred and sixty thousand dollars were they made of actual rubies no for sure they were just really stinky shoes because judy garland had to film in those so they were really um anyway has anybody ever checked up on the guy that bought those shoes like is he was he okay maybe he broke his feet to fit into it (laughs) You think he wears them or you think he just, like, he keeps them on a pedestal? Or maybe he's so sad he can't fit into them. He, he puts them on his hands and walks them around. <laughs> I don't imagine he's a sad guy. Honestly, I picture him as just the happiest foot fetishist of all time. Like, he comes home and he's like, hey Smells. now, hey now, this is what dreams are made of. And he looks at his shoes and doesn't regret. I regret a world where a man has $600,000 to throw away <laughs> on, like, cheap movie slippers my headcanon that i made for him is that he was a poor boy but decided to become rich in order to buy smelly expensive shoes this was his quest it was his raison d'etre oh french this is the most popular fetish and a fetish just to define the term, it's an attraction to a non-sexual object or body part. Not genitalia. Yes, not genitalia and not like, I don't know. Ass. Ass. Boobs. boobs. Do you want to say boobs are, are good? Small boobs are good? Big Small boobs are good? Small boobs are good, babies are good. <laughs> okay, so here are some theories for why foot fetishism is so popular. Freud thought that people were attracted to feet because they looked like penises. <laughs> And that's how you know that his penis looked really fucking weird. Because they don't look like penises in any way. Can anybody explain that fully? Not even close. They're not demonstrably phallic. No, like your arm is more phallic because it's like cylindrical. Yeah. What a time to be alive at the same time as Freud. I really wish I was. Imagine going to Freud with a problem. And this is a joke that has been done many times, I know. Mm-hmm. Don't come at me. And you're like, oh, dude, I'm, I'm like, anxious, dude. Like, I can't do my homework. And then he's going to be like, oh, it's because the pen is phallic and you're scared of the phallus because you know you were probably molested as a child. I don't even take that as a joke. That just sounds like a realistic description <laughs> of what he used to be like. Apart from the arm. Let's just, like, list off things that are more phallic than... Do you, do you want to do this, like... Nose. Okay, yeah, that's what I was going to say. Fuck off. Thumbs. <laughs> uh, the, the wrinkly skin on your elbow looks kind of like a scrotum. Mm, ball. I think that's made of the same skin that your body uses to make scrotums. Do you think so? Well, I don't have one, but <laughs> we could compare. <laughs> we could ask a man, be like, hey, show me your balls. Oh, it's for sure the same skin. Your body was like, we got some extra skin for the scrotum. Let's, where, where are we missing skin? Where can we put that? Uh, and they covered up our elbows. Your earlobes. Yeah. If they're long enough. Sure. It's becoming increasingly clear that neither of us have seen a penis. Um, fine. So anyway, we have just proved that there are way more, <laughs> way more things on your body that look like a penis than feet. Yeah. Feet. Maybe he meant like one big penis and five like hydra head penises. I hope that's what his penis looked like. 
I hope his colleagues were like, hey, Freud, I'm not sure that this looks like a penis. And he was like, oh, yeah, no, no, no. Like, not like my penis. Like, like I've heard of other penises, though, that look like it. So, like, I'm going to write a book about it. What if those, like, other penis head that were growing out of his one big penis head, they had melt? And they were giving him all, like, the crazy theories. They were like, you'd be nothing without us. Holy shit. What the fuck is wrong with that? <laughs> Moving on, another theory about why we have foot fetishes. Mm. There was a neuroscientist named Dr. Ramachandran in California. So he was studying phantom limb pain, and mm. he kind of explained it as the fact that the brain areas associated with genitalia and with feet are very close together. So in the brain's body image map, the fetish may de be developed from like a slight crosswiring. So he found that amputees suffering from phantom limb pain, some of them experience sexual sensation in their missing foot to the point of like orgasm from this m foot that doesn't exist. Like their brain sort of mapped a bunch of sexual sensations coming from that non-existent foot. They're having ghost foot sex? It's real Patrick Swayze ghost foot sex. So you were telling me people be out there having orgasms over literally nothing. Yeah. God, it's not fair. <laughs> you know how hard women have to work? And some dude just gets his leg cut off and sploosh? I love how you compared a woman's struggle to orgasm to having your leg amputated. Because <laughs> these aren't similar experiences. There are women out there buying magic wands and still, <laughs> still struggling. Oh, God. If you are a woman, you are still more oppressed than a person who doesn't have any limbs. Yeah, and especially if you lost those limbs in Afghanistan as a war criminal. <laughs> I'm, I'm still gonna... so angry at, because there is some... Stupid American soldier who went to Afghanistan, killed a billion civilians, the wrong number, but who cares? And he loses his leg, and then, you know, this Afghani child who lost his entire family is like, well, at least that guy lost his leg. And then the guy's like, well, guess what? <laughs> I have, like, sex superpowers now. Yeah. And then the Afghani child's gonna be like, what? My parents died for nothing? <laughs> His parents died for nothing. And that guy, dude, that dude's coming over nothing. Yeah. I'm sadder at this made up story than I am at the foot bonding <laughs> stuff. Uh, foot fetishism may have originated as a safe sex alternative in response to STI epidemics. Uh, an increased interest in feet as sexual object was observed during the great gonorrhea epidemic of the 12th century in Europe and the syphilis epidemics of the 16th and 19th centuries in Europe. And then, sorry, later on, they saw another spike in foot-related pornographic literature during the 80s AIDS crisis. People were just getting resourceful. I don't know though, I don't buy it. Because, like, I have gone through a dry spell. I've never decided to, oh, today I'm gonna wanna fuck feet. You are not a man. That's true. Here's my theory. I think around these times, this is a little morbid, but the people who actually are attracted to genitalia, they die off because they're the ones who are fucking them, you know? <laughs> so on the only thing that's left is the foot fetishes? Yeah. Natural that's selection. That's a new fucking theory. So you, do you think in like a million years... Everybody will be a foot fetishist. All the, Hopefully. All of the breeders will be gone. I hope not. I love straight women. <laughs> okay. So now we're on to... I had no idea the foot fetish section would be this long. <laughs> I really expected us to talk more about the gender implications of foot binding, but uh, we latch on to what we latch on. Yeah. I love our brains. 
Yeah. I love it. It's like magpies. See something shiny and phallic-shaped. I want to talk about that. (laughs) So, celebrities who have foot fetishes. First one's a freebie. Quentin Tarantino. (laughs) My favorite fact about his foot fetish is that badass Uma Thurman... Mm-hmm. One time, she once mocked his foot fetish by drinking wine out of her shoe. I mean, sounds like a lose-lose. <laughs> no, it's kind of hot. I don't know. Oh, God. Ew. <laughs> my foot fetishes. No, but Uma Thurman doing any... I don't know. It's only hot because Uma Thurman is hot. But it's kind of hot how much she hates Quentin Tarantino. Oh, and, yeah. And her, just that kamikaze gesture... Of I'm gonna drink wine out of my shoe, mm-hmm. and then my wine's my, my, my foot's gonna be soaking in wine for the rest of the night. That's how much she hated him, which is sexy. Mm. Yeah, I do get off on a woman hating a man. <laughs> I must say, especially Quentin Tarantino. <laughs> it is sexy how much mm. you don't like him. Mm. I'd love for you to do an episode on why you hate him. <laughs> One of my favorite movies in the Inglorious world, Inglorious Bastards. Yeah. yeah, I know. So that. unfortunate. It's a good movie. Bad guy. Bad guy. Yeah. Okay. So- Here's a few more that maybe you didn't know about. He did he? No, he wouldn't like that very much. He wouldn't (laughs) like that implication. Um, So Andy Warhol, the artist, so Mm. he allegedly had a foot Mm. fetish. Brooklyn Nine-Nine! That's Andy Samberg. Andy Warhol's like the... Pop art. Campbell Soup guy. He allegedly kept a mummified human foot by his bed. So not just foot fucking, but monster fucking. We come full circle. We need to put water Is it? That's a lie. A Where did he find a mummified foot? He is the beat generation. You find those things anywhere. Did he make? Did he mummify it himself? I don't know. Organic? Was it a local? Probably not. I'm guessing he bought it on the black market. Uh, Fyodor Dostoevsky. So. Oh, I know him. Musician. Karam- no, 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 no. Stop not knowing people and saying wrong things. <laughs> Who's that? Dostoevsky, he's Brothers Karamazov. He's a writer. Anna Nina, Anna Karenina. Oh, no, Anna Karenina was not Dostoevsky. Who it is was it? fucking hell. Tolstoy. Ah, uh, well, sorry. This it, is a lie. I, just because I'm stupid doesn't make it a lie. <laughs> you should have that as our tagline. <laughs> Christian Slater. Was <gasps> a- I know Christian Slater. <laughs> okay, you need to prove to me that you actually know who he is. He's an actor. Yeah, that's true, because every name... Because you got it wrong twice now. What do you think Christian Slater is in? Like, you'll be like, Barack Obama, and I'm like, (gasps) What do you think Christian Slater? Swim instructor. Christian Slater, he was in Heathers. He's in the Heathers, and he was in Mr. Robot more recently. He was starred in Mr. Robot. He's a super asshole. Why is he an asshole? I heard he... I don't know if it was Me Too or just being a drunk asshole. I always saw him. I thought he was, like, that more, like, goth guy like sort of how Winona Ryder is like the goth mm. queen of Hollywood mm. so I always saw him like that mm. it's hard to see him as a child more of an incel uh Pharrell Williams <gasps> happy yep when asked if he had a fetish he responded point blank girl's feet no hesitation <laughs> no equivocation I respect it so much. Mm. Pharrell Williams sells himself as family friendly. Mm-hmm. That's why he made Happy. But since when, Carissa? That 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 song came out in 2015. Prior to that, Pharrell Williams was like a sexy guy, if you can believe that. I can't. <laughs> but okay. Um, Ted Bundy. So he bought over. 30 pairs of socks with stolen credit cards when he was on the run from the law in Florida. No. I've read a lot about Ted Bundy. Nowhere did they mention a sock fetish. Was it because they got distracted by all of his murders? No. 
I think that if he did buy that many socks, it was to stuff his pants. Why? Because he had a small penis. He had a small penis? I don't know. Why would he need 30 different ones, though? One for every day. (laughs) You're on the run. You don't have time to do laundry. (laughs) Okay. I swear this is the very last thing I have to say about foot fetishes. Okay. Okay. So we are not the only creatures who exhibit a sexual connection with feet. So bonobos. Of course it's bonobos. Of course it is. They are, along with chimpanzees, our closest living relatives. Mm -hmm. And it seems like you probably know that bonobos are like the horniest creatures of all time. 100%. But so unlike chimpanzees who are known to be warlike, bonobos are known for being like compassionate, peaceful, pro-social creatures, right? Um, So for some mammologists, that makes them a better comparison to humans than chimps. But for others, um, they don't want to compare ourselves to bonobos. And the reason is, do you know the answer to this? We were made from dust. Good guess. But it's because of their constant ingrained homosexual behavior. (laughs) So it's ideological. A lot of people don't want to believe that a close relative of ours in nature is just rampantly homosexual. Bonobos have general sexual behavior that separates them from animals. So they are the only animals who tongue kiss. They mate face to face in missionary fucking position. They mate as a greeting. They mate as conflict resolution. Uh, and they have orgies to celebrate finding new food sources. They're gay and French. French, France as a country uh, proves the existence of evolution. (laughs) All female bonobos are hardcore lesbians. Hmm. And it's more significant than the male bonobos. Reason being because bonobos are matriarchal creatures. So one of the reasons for their homosexual behavior is that female bonobos consolidate social status by having sexual bonds with each other. And that allows them to dominate over the males. Hey, ladies. If you want to learn a thing or two about the bonobos and then practice it. (laughs) There are ideas here. There are solutions for modern Mm. problems. They have just these famous enormous clitorises Mm. that they use for like what's called biologically genitogenital rubbing, but which is called colloquially scissoring. And you guessed it, foot play. Lots of like kissing, sucking, and like foot rubbing mm. against the clitoris. And they do like a lot of foot play. Clitoris stimulation via foot thumb hand thing. There's another animal with a giant clit that rules over the males. Who's that? Hyenas. Yeah. I didn't know that. They're awful to the males. Terrible. An ideal society. <laughs> <laughs> That's insane. Yeah. I did yeah. not know that. Last fucked up thing that we do to our feet mm-hmm. is actually a positive thing. Mm-hmm. So toe to thumb transplant. So mm. remember what I said about the big toe being a- an opposable thumb? Mm-hmm. So turns out if you lose your thumb, you can just replace it with your big toe. I read the story from The Atlantic. Mm -hmm. The first transplant, toe to thumb, took place in 1897 when an Austrian surgeon named Carl Nicoladoni surgically attached a man's hand with his foot connecting where the man's thumb should be with the base of the big toe. And after a few weeks, he severed the big toe from the foot, which is the worst way to perform that surgery. The toe is so fat. It's like, like if you just were permanently stung by a bee. Yeah. Well, okay. Thumbs don't grow on trees. You got to get 
extra thumbs from somewhere. Why do you need a thumb? I would just... You can't, you can't even open doors with... Well, you you could. You, you could definitely open a door. <laughs> I don't know. You could type... People desire to have thumbs. Is that so wrong? If God took it away, <laughs> keep it taken away. Mm-hmm. Imagine, though, like, you were talking about the amputated thing. So there's a guy, he, like, uh, gets his thumb amputated, and then he keeps having orgasms because of the phantom <laughs> limb. In his toe. Yeah. And, and then the doctor's like, hey, I can, like, get you, like, some surgery that'll fix it. And he's like, nah, it's cool. <laughs> um, give it to someone who needs it. Now that's an HBO series. Mm, Euphoria who? So, I would probably like to offer the worst information about this transplant. Not only that you'll hear today, or that you'll hear on this podcast, mm-hmm. but also maybe ever. Mm. When you transplant a big toe onto a hand, the doctors colloquially call it a thoe. <laughs> Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, moving on. <laughs> ah, okay, this is her last section. I told you, disgusting and three hours long, super long. <laughs> okay, I want to talk about some medical problems that you can have with your feet. So, I'm going to talk about basically just two main ones. The first one trench foot. This occurs when your feet have been wet for so long, uh, your tissue starts to become necrotic and it can spread. And that's how you get World War One soldiers getting amputations. Mm. Uh, basically, their flesh is dying because of the, the long moisture. Mm. So this was obviously a big problem during trench warfare in mm. World War One. Um, basically, soldiers freezing in the trenches in the middle of winter. So feet lose circulation and nerve function. Mm. Um, they get deprived of the oxygen and nutrients that your body normally provides. And mm. that's how basically it just will stop working. Mm. It itches, it burns, parts of your flesh just can start to fall off or rot gangrene. It's horrible. I'd like to see it. <laughs> you can. There were photographs taken at that time. It's n- not as interesting as you'd think. It's oh. kind of sad and gross. Trust the British to fuck up a cool disease. <laughs> <laughs> so Trenchfoot killed 2,000 Americans and 75,000 British soldiers during World War One. Hmm. It killed them because I'm guessing of an infection. I can't even hate these boys. They were just working class boys. Yep. Sent off to fight some other idiot's war. I feel terrible. That's awful. I hate that. Let's move on. Good. Do you want to go back to making fun of the uh, the American soldier who kills the <laughs> Yes. <laughs> That's our new safe word. Anytime yeah. we get too uncomfortable, like, hey, remember the little guy's getting covered? And then the guy has a pain. Uh, um, but um, people still get trench foot, actually. So ah. it, it it has been reported like several cases at English music festivals and the latest being heavy metal metal festival in 2019. Number one, wear shoes. Yeah. Like wear rain, rain boots or whatever. Wellies. Since you love wellies so much, English people. (laughs) Number two, I don't think that anyone who gets a serious illness at a music festival should get treatment. (laughs) Uh, Including, but not limited to syphilis, gonorrhea, Bipolar disorder. I don't care. If you got it at a music festival, then you don't count. It's yours for life. Own it. That's why the tickets are so expensive. (laughs) You buy your own fatal disease. (laughs) So, trench foot. Mm. uh, I mean, ultimately, that was a majority male problem because it was male soldiers who were doing trench warfare. Mm. I Okay, can I just say, pause here. 
I don't believe this. The whole trench foot from music festival thing, I think that's was that was bait. Because you know how much I hate people who go to music festivals. <laughs> I didn't know, actually. I didn't know you wanted them to die, okay? I thought you, you didn't like them, just like everybody else. You got some okay. strong feelings. So, like I said, sorry. Uh, trench foot, male disease. Contemporary foot problems belong to whom? Women. Overwhelmingly. And this section, I would like to make a promise with our other three to four unique listeners who are all females in their 20s, just like us. Ladies, we're all going to vow to never wear heels again. Ever, ever. It's not worth it. So women tend to have four times as many foot problems as men because of high heels. A fact that many people know about high heels is that they were originally for men. For instance, in 16th century Persia, they were for riding horses because Mm -hmm. you could lock the heel into like a stirrup Mm -hmm. for better balance and support while you were shooting a bow and arrow. Like masculine war-like shoot, right? So Europeans hastily stole them. In 1670s, Louis XIV declared that only members of his court were allowed to wear red heels. (laughs) And I respect that because when I was in the seventh grade, I said the same thing about Panic at the Disco because they were my band. (laughs) Only me and my friends. Yeah, so they were a symbol of masculinity, but Mm. more importantly, class. So uh, Elizabeth Semmelback of the Shoe Museum in Toronto, um, she she gave this quote that I think summarizes so much of what we've been talking about. Mm. One of the best ways that status can be conveyed is through impracticality. Oh, that's a beautiful quote it just sums it all up like mm-hmm. for the same reason that nice uncomfortable business casual clothes and manicure nails indicate that you work at a desk job mm-hmm. um high heels are so dysfunctional that like you you can't do field work unless you're who's that redhead in jurassic world yeah she ran around on heels and that movie was as realistic to real life as i can the dinosaurs were more realistic than her. than her running around in heels. God, I didn't like how they depicted her in that movie. Yeah, they were it like was really sexist. Yeah, they were like, "You don't want to have kids? Fuck you, you dirty, ugly bitch! You're gonna die alone." Yeah. <laughs> Quotes from Jurassic World. <laughs> and honestly, I would rather die alone than be married to Chris Pratt. Um, What's your main reason for hating Chris Pratt? He's a Republican who yep. is part of a mega church that I dislike. Yeah, they're like anti-gay, right? They're just like a stupid church, Hillsong. They're dumbasses. They don't understand the Bible. They don't understand theology. Um, the founder was a pedophile. I mean, his son disavowed him, but still, kind of... Throw the whole thing out. Baby with the bathwater. Mm, that's not how that expression goes. It should be. <laughs> what if we threw our babies at every time we changed the bathwater? <laughs> That'd be good. The baby... Population control. Yeah, baby industry would just boom (laughs) um so they became a symbol of femininity rather than masculinity during like a cultural period that was known as the great male renunciation so the physical form of masculinity as we recognize it starts to take shape in this time so men would now abandon the wearing of jewelries bright colors and high heels and high heels became one of the ways that we this Distinguish the categories of men and women. Okay, we are both women. We know how much wearing heels suck. But we also are both attracted to women. Yeah. When a woman wears heels, it's so nice. Like, I I can't lie. It's beautiful. Because it's impractical. Like, I look at a woman wearing heels, and my type is high maintenance. Whether it's butch, high maintenance, or femme, I don't care. I just like someone who I always want to feel in awe of. So, when I see a really hot woman, women, eh? Women. Women. 
<laughs> when I see a really hot woman wearing heels, it's just like no, I, yeah. I, I'm not saying it's it's wrong. I'm saying it is wrong. It, yeah, what I'm saying is like it's it's all like the origins of it are bad and the health effects are bad. And like so I'm short. We're both short. Yeah. I used to have this office job and all the time I would be wearing heels. Not only because I was like short, but because in general I I am very slovenly. Like I'm ex- <laughs> an incredibly sloppy person. I would come to work with wet hair <laughs> with stains on my pants. And, and it was very noticeable. One time I said to my coworker cuz I realized I'd had a stain on my pants for days i just said oh i can't get this thing out and she just said like you you didn't try you haven't tried yet i can see that that will come out and that was true of everything that you've done (laughs) (laughs) but the one thing that would make me feel like i was professional because also Mm. i don't wear makeup the one thing that made me feel like i was at least conforming at least to the feminine standard in an office was wearing heels Mm. and i felt like it would dress up anything else i was doing Mm -hmm. and that's a real pressure you know like if you're working in an office and you want to be seen as professional Mm -hmm. you need to be wearing makeup Mm -hmm. or jewelry you can't wear baggy clothes Mm -hmm. you should be you know wearing nice shoes i mean the other taller girls could wear loafers but i was like you know what fuck you i'm not Mm, i i haven't worn heels since i was like 16 and it's not just because i'm a chad It's just so painful, but I really want like foot surgery to make me taller. So I think that I'm still, I have a toxic mindset. (laughs) Okay, well, let me explain why it's so painful to wear heels. Hmm. So firstly, humans naturally are meant to walk heel to toe. So your heel strikes the ground and you roll to your toes. Mm. When you wear a high heeled shoe, you're changing the entire function of the foot. So first of all, your ankle's all fucked up. You can't you can't really rotate your ankle the way you're supposed to. Mm-hmm. The ball of the foot is contorted to 90 degrees to the rest of the foot, right? So you're basically putting all of the pressure on the small amount of bones that are in the ball, mm-hmm. right? And a lot of people develop corns in that area, which is like a hard ball of keratin that that builds up. Hey, isn't that what they put in your hair? Corn rose? Keratin. <laughs> Yeah, maybe. I don't know. What's keratin? I just it's wrote what, it in this paper. You get, like, keratin treatment, and then it, like, straightens your hair. Oh, I understand. Well, apparently, it feels like walking on rocks. Like, okay. on, on rocks that are built into your foot. Um, also, when you wear high heels, your Achilles tendon will tighten. Because, like, basically, your foot is bent backwards. So that thing is, is remaining tight for, like, what, 12 hours that you're at work? So then when you remove it, you're stressing out that tendon and you could get Achilles tendonitis. So yeah, you're really vulnerable to stress fractures and cracks and bones in the feet, ankle spraining, and guess what? It's just not worth it. We're, we're committing to never doing this to ourselves again. No, don't. I mean, like, do it once in a while at home <laughs> with some lingerie. But, like, don't do it otherwise, you know what I mean? And don't do it for a man. You, you're a new kind of progressive. You're like, Thank don't you. degrade yourself except for me. (laughs) Well, I think that perfectly sums up how I wanted to end this episode, this last note, just to convince all of our listeners and all of me to never wear them again. Is there any beauty accessory that we desire from men that physically breaks their bodies for the rest of their lives? Oh God, I wish. (laughs) What would be um, your ideal way to break uh, a man's body for the rest of his life for beauty? Um, First, I would cut his legs off. You're only making it easier for him. You're giving him cum privilege. This was a bad way to end. Cum privilege.
Okay. You already have come You're privilege. right. I don't want to be that Afghani child. Okay. Okay. I would mandate a heavy collar with like a weight on top. So they always have to walk like, like head down so that they never look at me. Although some of them would get off on it. And I know, I know there are some of you fucking weird creepy fucks that are going to get off on it. This is not a sex thing. This is an evil thing. This is, this is a torture thing. Yeah. And not in a sexy torture way. Stop not co- it. Not cock and ball torture. No. <laughs> Okay, well, I'm personally glad that that was um, the worst way to end an episode uh, because now we got it out of the way and Yay. all of our future episodes will end much on a much more positive note, I yeah. think. Okay, Carissa, what are your three preliminary guesses? Okay, Ted Bundy. Mm-hmm. Number one, lie. Uh, number two, the toe. The toe? The toe. <laughs> Wait, wait, what about it do you think is not true? If nobody would call it a foe, that's, no, you wouldn't create a new name for it. That's really weird. No, I don't believe it. Gotta call it something. But, okay, okay, where did you read it? Uh, The Atlantic. Um, Whoa, wait, whoa, this is, we were not, we're not graduating to interrogating each other about our sources. (laughs) Okay. Okay, and then I think that the fact about music festivals is not true. Mm-hmm. Okay, my clue, please. It is, the, the foot fetish section was the largest section in it, and my lie is in there. This is incredibly generous. Fuck, it might be the Freud penis thing, because it's just so stupid and ridiculous. You could be lying about the celebrities that have foot fetishes, but that's such a small throwaway line. But the mummified human foot, that's weird. But then... Maybe it's so weird that you added it knowing that I would pick it and then I'm going to be a loser. I'm so confused. It could also be the the phantom limb pain. I I, I am okay. so generous. I've okay. given you so many guesses. My final answer is the sexual feeling in the phantom limb. That's it? Yeah. Wrong. Ah, yes! Yes! What was Suck it? Suck a dick! <laughs> Sorry. Okay. Suck a phantom limb. <laughs> It was a really difficult one this week. I will admit it was a little snaky. Well, it was a fucking technicality. I don't know if this... You can tell me if you think this is technicality. Okay. Everything I said about Bonobos is true, but they do not give each other foot jobs. I know it was going to be a technicality. Is that a technicality? No, it's not. <laughs> it's a good lie. <laughs> yes. They don't give each other foot jobs, but they lo- they scissor all day long. They might as well. So they're not <laughs> At all. Like, they don't do anything with feet? Nothing. Of all of the weird sexual things that they do, nothing about feet. That's so disappointing. Oh, but you got me. That was actually very enjoyable. It was a tough one. I know. I I think I went into that one with a little bit of malice, actually. (laughs) Uh. I am so sad. (laughs) I really wanted it to be something shitty like this. This mummy one, that made me yep. feel yep. disgusting. All of those, well, so all of those celebrity facts I got from a, um, I think it was a BuzzFeed, like, list of 30 celebrities who have foot fetishes. Uh, so, I mean, someone can correct me if I'm wrong on any of those, but there was a source, in theory. <laughs> that was a great job. I enjoyed the ride, enjoyed learning about so much, and because it was just a small lie... I think everything was educational. Yeah, I, I, I put in the whole Bonobo thing because I, I read a book about Bonobos and I said, I don't think I can do this as a whole episode, but Mm-mm. people need to know about this. <laughs> this is insane. Yeah, I love Bonobos. Good people. Yeah. So what's this 
score. Oh, right. It was 2.5 to 2.5 last yeah. week, so now it's so 3.5. I think we're going to have to give it a half point somewhere just for bonuses because I don't want to have a half point system anymore. That's true. <laughs> it's over. Next time we should do, like, if you guess without a clue, then you get half point extra. Oh, damn. That's great. And then immediately we're canceling the half point system because <laughs> I, I don't want to do this kind of math. Yeah. 3.5 to 2.5. Oof, oof. 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 Okay. Yeah. If you're out there at all, if you're a Russian bot, then... Dosvidanya. Das what does that mean? Bye. Dosvidanya. <laughs> this is Double Bluff. And now it's over.